All right, South Africa's largest food producer, Tiger Brands, has delivered a double-digit dividend increase. This comes as the company battled a high inflation environment and with consumers under economic pressure. CEO Noel Doyle joins us now for a further unpacking of Tiger Brands' results and annual performance. Thank you so much for your time, Noel. So you talk about a financial year of two halves. So going to the first half, uh, there were challenges, the macroeconomic challenges that affected the business of course, these are not unique to the company. Um, and then in the second half, you said that you tried to um, to kind of flex your muscle in order to mitigate against these pressures that you are still seeing. Just starting off with that first half. I mean, how badly did those challenges filter through to the business? Yeah, look, we really felt in, uh, with the decline in our operating profit for that year. Um, some of them were very much internal, like the strike at the Snacks and Treats facility. But we were really surprised at the wave of inflation that came through and the extent to which the sort of post-COVID supply chain uh, struggled to return to sort of its normal rhythm. Um, and to be quite frank, we were also probably very cautious in taking price increases, particularly in the first quarter of that first half. Um, you know, on the basis of, of wanting to maintain volume and maintain relationships with our customers, many of whom have had fixed uh, their promotional sort of calendar with, 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 their, with their own consumers. Um, so in the second half, we really had to um, recognize that the supply chain challenges weren't going away. The inflation was getting worse and we had to embark on a very careful margin recovery um, strategy, which meant that you saw our price inflation go from 3% in the first half to 18% in the, in the second half. So that's yeah. quite a dramatic um, swing in a six-month period. And, and that really helped us to at least maintain our margins um, for the full year, boosted by the fact that we did have um, some good favorable conditions in international food pricing um, and our own export business performed very well. Yeah. Uh, so those also helped offset some of the pressures that, that the domestic business was feeling. All right. You talk about how your cost savings during the period were lower than had previously been guided. And I want to know if that tells a tale of the extraordinary input inflation that you dealt with. That's the first part of my question. And the second part, because you say that you were also cautious about the price increases, what does that look like going forward, considering that the consumer is still under pressure? <coughs> So, so I think, you know, the, the issues that we had around making cost reductions, particularly in the procurement space, was that with the, with the global supply chain challenges and the real logistic challenges, we found ourselves, even a large company like Tiger, we found ourselves dealing with suppliers who gave us a take it or leave it ultimatum. So negoti negotiations uh, were, quite, were quite short. If you don't want the raw material, well, don't worry, we'll find somebody else quite quickly to give it to. So that restricted our ability uh, to extract the normal sort of level of procurement savings that we would make year on year. As far as the second part of your question on inflation going forward, I think we're going to see year on year inflation in for food price stay well into double digits for the first six months of our year. That is until probably Easter because of the base effect. Uh. But we're certainly not seeing further 
double-digit price increases going in across the basket. I think after Easter, we're going to see a, a slowdown in the year-on-year rate of inflation. Yeah. And that's, of course, assuming you know, that there's some stability in international commodity markets um, and, and obviously that the currency you know, can, can stay relatively stable. Yeah. Um, so because of base effects, high, high continued food price inflation, but no further significant double-digit price increases in our in our business. Uh, all right. So we do have uh, a picture of the background of the consumer right now. So can you just paint a picture for us of the consumer trends and the behavioral shifts then that have filtered through to the numbers? Yeah, definitely. You can see within our baskets, it's very clear that there are volume uh, compression um, where you've got discretionary spend. There's a significant shift towards basic commodities and essential foods, so bread, pasta, rice, uh, flour, and maize, and areas like personal care, um, which are much more discretionary, are, are being restricted and in some cases disappearing from people's basket. Even a, a product like uh, you know, baby food, mm. you're seeing people actually leave the baby food category. Um, and people are rather sort of cooking at home now for economic reasons. Not in COVID, we saw because people were at home, they could. Now people are doing it because of the, of the necessity uh, to actually balance the budget. I think the recent um, interest rate hikes have not yet been fully felt. Yeah. And that's why I think we're going to see post-Christmas, we're going to see a very challenging environment, certainly for the first six months of the, of the new calendar year. No, of course, uh, consumers are looking for um, value. So are there any uh, innovations that the company is undergoing to bring that value to consumers where they don't feel pinched? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've been doing quite a lot of work um, to re-engineer our, our products to, to get to cost. So we've inflated in our categories at about half a percent lower than, than the balance of our competitors but also even within product categories. So something like a mayonnaise, for example, you know, we've introduced a, a value, value offering under the Cross and Blackwell brand, the Cassie range, um, which sort of makes the, the beautiful taste of Cross and Blackwell more affordable um, and more accessible in a, in, a, in a cheaper packaging format. Yeah. Um, than Cross and Blackwell in glass, as an example. All right. Before I let you go, Noel, of course, uh, it's well known um, of the concerns over product safety. I mean, last year we did have that recall on the selected canned vegetables, and this year we had a recall on the Purity baby powder. So what is your response to those concerns? Yeah, look, I, I, I mean, you know, clearly those, those are incredibly regrettable uh, events for us on, on many levels. I mean, our response is really that we are certainly leaving no stone unturned uh, to continue to improve um, our position when it comes to quality uh, and safety of all of our products. Um, we've just done a, a, a global sort of benchmarking uh, um, exercise, both on our structures and our capabilities, and we'll be sort of responding and and improving and beefing up our investment in this space. Um, you know, it's, it's eternal vigilance is what's required. Yeah, all right. Well, thank you very much for your time and giving us that detail on the results that came out earlier this morning. That was Noel Doyle, CEO of Tiger Brands.